0: Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to the Sigma Show, episode 91. I'm your host, Sigma. Just before I let you know who is joining me this week, real fast, we'll go over what our topics shall be. Not too many this week, uh, but we did have a big Xbox, well, big is not the right word. We had an Xbox Direct <laughs> that showcased five titles that are coming soon ish, maybe. One that's out right now that uh, we'll be talking about in particular, I guess, Uh, but we'll go over kind of what was in that show, what our takeaway was from it, I guess a little bit about uh, what Xbox's uh, forecast looks like in the first quarter of the year, Uh, followed by that, um, there was some news uh, in the past weeks about uh, controversies regarding Justin Roiland, Um, and since that time, several, if not all of the companies that he's associated with or had partnerships with, have essentially parted ways with him. So uh, I kind of want to pose a question as to what many of these companies and projects are going to possibly do going forward, as Justin Roiland, in many of these cases, was either the founder or you know half of kind of the creative minds behind them. Um, and it's a it's a very rough place to find yourself if you're a company or a group of creators who are responsible for something super uh, popular and are kind of now trying to bay water of a of a particular person's sinking ship. Uh, but here, to join me in these conversations, Rachel Kayser.
1: Hi everyone.
0: And Rexicon Jesse. Oh that's me. Good time of day to you. Uh, and in case no one is aware, today is Rachel's birthday. Yay. So happy birthday, Rachel. Happy birthday.
1: Eh. <laughs> <said> eh. I've, <laughs> I've officially hit the age where when I tell people how old I'm going to be on my birthday uh, or how old I am on my birthday, I've officially hit the age where they transition from saying things like, you know, you're 30. No way. With varying levels of sincerity to just, yeah, OK.
0: I, I That's feel scary. exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't I'm
1: 32. Yes, yeah, thank
0: you. <laughs> like, Congrats for reaching 32. Um, it's not a milestone year. Uh, 33 apparently is the Jesus year. So look out be on the lookout for that one.
1: Uh oh! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what what gift you're supposed to give at 32. Uh, I think a it's, Bible. <laughs> well, that well, that would be 33, would it not? Well, you oh, learn all about
0: cruel. Jesus, and then when you hit the oh priority, yeah, you got
2: you got to prepare yeah for 33, for. so you get a Bible.
1: Yeah, I think um, it's what yeah. Again, I've also reached the age where you know people are like, "Well, what do you want for your birthday?" And I'm like, "I don't know, pay my credit card bill."
0: Yeah, it's like uh, yeah. I don't want to ask for money, but money would be the answer,
2: <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, last year, I had to do, my partner was like, what do you want? And I was like, okay, I don't want anything that relates to anything I do for work, which is almost everything I do, even, like, the fun, you are like, oh, video games, tabletop stuff. Like, no, it's still work-related. And I was like, I want a nose ring. So, like, last year, that's what I got for my birthday, and it was really great. And this year, I was like, another piercing? I don't know. I had (laughs) COVID during my birthday, so I haven't done birthday thing yet. Mm.
1: Uh, yeah, and in my case, I'm like, oh yeah, a gift card to a you know a store, and like everyone's like, gift cards are so boring. I'm like, oh. yeah, but I could stock up on my my beauty supplies for like the next six
0: months. Yeah, but that that's the thing we forget. Like once you're over thirty, you are now boring. Therefore, exactly. Yeah, like a a, a new selection of socks sounds great to me right now.
1: <laughs> I actually did get socks, but they're Golden Girls socks. So yeah, that's, that's great. Fine. That's nice.
0: Awesome.
1: That's on brand. <laughs>
0: uh Rao in the chat says 32 no you don't look a day over 25 rachel
1: <laughs> uh yeah you're you're cute but the you, <laughs> but i see your game
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, I do, but I,
1: I, do, I, I appreciate no i do i do appreciate it it's, yeah, it's, so I, it's a kind of thing wishes. to say
0: bunch of happy birthdays in the chat uh, oh thanks so much everyone in case anyone wasn't aware uh rachel's uh just the the latest in the string of aquarius birthdays uh jesse's mm-hmm. the 24th mm-hmm. yes no what no 23rd 23rd sorry mm-hmm. 24th is my sister's uh my fiance's sister's birthday so there's a lot so jesse's 23rd mine is 26th rachel's 29th we're all team aquarius uh, none of us give a shit about astrology <laughs> yep and apparently that's an aquarius trait so do with that information what you will
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> uh but let's get into our topics uh First, as we tend to do, we want to start with what we've been playing, watching, reading, listening to, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh anybody want to dive in? I know Rachel said she had a bunch of stuff she was playing.
1: Oh gosh, yeah. It's like, well, we're just kind of like at a weird like cross point cuz I, I just did my review of Forspoken. Um I'm playing mm-hmm. Fire Emblem Gage. There's also uh Hi-Fi Rush. I've got Dead Space on deck rating waiting to go. Mm. Ooh. I've got yeah, I've got everything and I'm just I'm, I'm like I'm liking life right now at least as far as video games are concerned.
0: Yeah, like I like we'll talk about this a l- bit more I guess in the Xbox Direct, but like I've jumped into Hi-Fi Rush because it was available that in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm like way into it. <laughs> like so I No, go ahead. You're going to interject?
1: No, I was just I was actually going to change the subject, but I'd rather hear about Hi-Fi Rush first.
0: Uh, okay. Well, yeah, I'll open things up and talk about Hi-Fi fi Rush then. Um mm-hmm. It uh it grabs your attention very quickly because it it is a really colorful, boisterous uh aesthetic. It looks straight up like um any, you know, recent cartoon series that you might have seen that has very heavy comic book uh vibes. So like they even do like the I don't know what you call that kind of um look, but where it's like how comics will have like a bunch of white dots, like translucent white dots kind of just hanging out over a panel. Mm-hmm. And that somehow conveys this is a comic. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, why that's a thing, but it works. Um, it does that in a lot of its cutscenes, and it will seamlessly jump from like fully. Ben Day dots. Ben Day. B- ben Ben hyphen Day dots. Ben Day dots. Okay, I've never heard that term before. That's interesting. Quick googling. <laughs> <laughs> um so, But it'll what it'll do uh, that I found like really really cool. Is it'll jump from fully animated, like hundred percent cutscene, two uh, D animation with you know three D uh, help, uh, cutscenes and events straight into like gameplay, but not gameplay, but like uh, in engine cutscene uh, situations. <laughs> so like they jump back and forth fairly quickly. You can tell the difference. Like there's a level of fluidity to the actual animation that the human eye will just recognize and pick up on. But other than you be able to tell the difference. It's almost like they could have done either of these like in the other style, like fully, because it doesn't seem like anything's really lost when they switch to the game part. It's just it's just that, oh, we're about to give you controls. Like maybe they needed to have all this be an engine. Uh, so it's, it's really seamless um, and uh, its whole gimmick, its whole thing is that it's a rhythm based um, action platformer. So literally everything is on beat. So there's always a soundtrack playing in the background, Everything you do everything the enemies do everything that happens in the world is keeping to that same beat so they reward you for doing those actions on the beat like you get extra bonuses uh, you get extra damage extra uh, timing like you can you if you're really good at keeping rhythm uh, you can essentially never get hurt because even dodging and parrying is all to the beat enemies will only ever attack you on the beat. And same with your attacks. Your attacks only ever land on the beat, regardless of when you press the button, which can be a little confusing, Uh, at least at the start. Like, you'll press a button wanting to get an attack, and then um, your character will delay just enough to have it land on the beat. But the fact that you also have to start the next attack on the beat makes it so that you're kind of always pressing an extra button. Like, you press the button to initiate the attack, and then you kind of start the combo after that. But the game still, you know recognizes combo. So if it's like an X, Y, X, X, Y combo, you press X, but then because you want the first hit to be on beat, you press X when the first hit beats, that actually changed the combo now, because now it's an X, X combo, and not an X, Y combo. So that's something to just keep in mind. Um, So it's almost like you're playing the rhythm game and then the game is playing itself after the fact sometimes it feels like that but other times you really do get into the flow of like the soundtrack and the attacks coming out and like the enemy variety that comes out and makes use of all your abilities and stuff um it's a lot there's a lot going on in this game i'm surprised that there was just no information on it before the (laughs) the before it dropped because it is very polished it's very fun um and it's very funny like I'm, i'm liking all the characters all the dialogue I'm having a great time with it right now. I'm actually trying to get a review finished for it before the end of this week.
1: Well, I do know that um, at least the title had leaked before the show. They said, because we knew that I saw at some outlets that they knew that a game from Tango Gameworks called Hi-Fi Rush was going to be at the event. But they didn't know. I I don't think anybody knew anything about it because I definitely would have heard about
0: it in Mm -hmm. that case. Well, that's good then. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that the surprise of it didn't get spoiled because it was actually a very yes. pleasant one, you know.
1: Yes, and I would like more of it, please. <laughs> it's like well, I, I I kind of wonder whether that kind of whether the hype cycle. I understand why the hype cycle of video games is as long as it is, but I kind of wonder if maybe it hurts it a little bit, which kind of brings me and not not this is not a great segue, but it does bring me a little bit to Forspoken.
0: Okay, It'll where got right I, in.
1: Yeah, I do think. Oh, that look of pain on Jesse's face.
2: <laughs> I it looked really cool, and all I've heard about is how it's not. It's uh,
1: no, I mean it's a, it's just a disappointment, and I feel I feel terrible for Ella Balinska because she's trying so. Hard. I don't know why this woman keeps getting just such crap roles when she's clearly a good actress. <laughs> but yeah, so she's trying her hardest to muddle her way through this terrible goddamn script. And it's just it's it's a it's a pain to watch. Like my husband uh, was listening to some of it, was watching me play some of it, and he's just got this look on his face of like the entire time. I I just cringed for the for the people who are listening. But yeah, it's just that look of like what. And for the record, I've seen people complaining a lot about the dialogue. It's not the, just the dialogue we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like well, so. I'm debating whether or not to spoil the first five seconds, five minutes of the game.
0: Uh, well, I mean, I've I, I watched Marty's uh, first playthrough. He was going through it on his stream. Uh, I did mm-hmm. check out the demo, so I have a I know a little bit about how it feels, which I, I wasn't mm-hmm. kind of a fan of. Uh, but overall, the the tone and stuff wasn't super like cringy to me. Like mm-hmm. it was like fine. Uh, but gameplay wise, that's what I'm more interested in because the demo definitely left me feeling a little cold i was wondering if like it was just a bad demo because it was it was just the open world and like no context for anything you were doing and like very flashy visuals but like very light feeling combat so i'm I'm very curious how how it handles uh that's still
1: an issue i mean do you mind if i like slip in like a slight early
0: spoiler Uh, i would say go for it i don't don't think anyone in the chat is like real (laughs) (laughs) do it
1: so i mean one of the first things that happens in the game is that you find out Frey, the main character is like, kind of like, I guess in debt to a local gang because she was doing crime for them. And then she got caught. And uh, so they're mad at her and she, she squats in an abandoned building with her cat and she can barely afford to feed him, but she's got a collection of sneakers and I'm like, priorities girl. But I'm like, okay, whatever. But like, to me, like, cringed is when, like, it beggars belief that anyone would say this in this situation. It's it's not necessarily just, oh, they're overly smug and sarcastic. That's not what cringe is, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But in this case, like, okay, she's got a duffel bag full of money that she's been saving up, and she's going to escape the city with her cat and her – and then they – for some reason, I will, put, I will say this. Like, the gangs light her – bu- like, the building she's in on fire – and her bag is literally right next to her. It would cost her no extra time at all to literally pick it up, put it over her shoulder, and then go rescue her cat. Mm-hmm. But that's but she doesn't do that. And then the money is in the room that burns first. And and I'm like, well, first of all, crap with the bag. What are you doing? And second, I'm sorry, but a gang in New York is not going to burn down the building. Like They are going to go in. They're going to shoot her or inject her with something to kill her because – a, I mean, this is going to sound bad, but it's my birthday, so I can get away with it. A dead homeless woman in an abandoned building is a tragedy. A burned down building is an insurance investigation. <laughs> that That's not going <laughs> to
0: happen. I, those are very good points. I would argue, though, that uh, New York City gangs aren't the smartest group of criminals. <laughs>
1: Th- this is true but they took the time to write found you on her window <laughs> well, yeah, on like, the I mean, inside that's... of the window no less <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> or they just wrote it backwards and uh, like it's stupid it's like video, but video games are always kind of this stupid like i don't want i don't want to defend the writing in forespoken too much no it's okay cuz i but i do feel like it's definitely getting some unfair targeting in this regard cuz there's a lot of like just really dumb uh incongruous sort of things that just happen in games, and it's because they're games, right? And they just want to get to the part where you interact with it. Uh, Like, I I had a... I saw the scene with the duffel bag, and it is dumb. It's very dumb. But in my brain, it's like, okay, I know what they were going for. They want... They want, they've desperately want you to connect with Frey. Therefore, Frey has a cat, because everyone loves cats, right? And so Mm -hmm. if a cat is in mortal danger, and they present to you the choice between get a a bag full of money, which everyone wants. Everyone wants a bag full of money. bag full of money... Versus your cat, the fact that she says, I want to get the cat first is supposed to endear you to her, right? You're supposed to say, oh, Frey's mm-hmm. a good person because she would go and get the cat first at the cost of her money. Even though, sensibly, you would just pick up the money and get the cat. And like, because of the kind of, there was already this air of this isn't going to be good because of some of the marketing and just some of the, you know, press around it. That I feel like that was the moment as. Uh, one of many that folk kind of just seized on and it's like, all right, well this is an ex- this is a reason why I felt this way going in when it's like, if any of that toxicity and stuff wasn't around it, they probably would have just been like, all right, well that's dumb. And then went about their day. Like, oh, well, Frey's still cool because she likes cats because the internet does that.
1: Well, I mean, I will say the whole thing of like her not being able to like, she, like she literally has a box of like dry kibble that she feeds her cat. And she says something like, oh, Homer doesn't like this, but it's all I can afford. Then literally turns around to her shelf full of sneakers <laughs> that are in pristine condition and is like, man, this is one thing in life I just can't give up. I love my kicks. And I'm like, okay, you can afford the kicks. I mean, I'm pre- I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt and presuming she hasn't stolen them. Um, I mean, yeah, she may but, Well, I mean, she's down on her luck. That's what everyone keeps telling, her, telling us. Um, yeah, I mean, it, but she – can't afford but she would rather buy those than feed her cat something he likes.
2: <laughs> and cares about her cat, but not that much.
1: Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like Casey's saying, like they want us to relate to Frey by like humanizing her with her love of her cat. I don't know, but I I will say this also. I can tell. I think that when something was originally supposed to be much longer and more involved, but was cut for time. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the stuff with Frey that introduces us to her and her like her life and all that, I think a lot of it was basically like spliced into that opening bit in the courtroom with the judge. Like I think they like like shoved a lot of stuff like exposition in there Mm -hmm. just to get us you know to athia faster so that is one thing that i i think is pretty um that is pretty obvious that there were a lot of cuts made probably after like in like post-production as well to try to like shorten the prologue section to get us to athia faster and i do think that's one of the that's probably one of the reasons why it suffers so much is because like originally like that whole thing with Frey was probably part of like a longer sequence where we see her somewhat like singular isolated existence and you know eventually she gets to Athia and it's like all of a sudden like this explosion of like you know weirdness and color and magic and there's a bracelet talking to her and I really and I think that if that had been longer actually and I you know I'm not normally one to say like we need to lengthen games but um I think if that prequel section had been longer and like we had seen a little bit more, like if we had stuck with her in New York a little bit where we had seen like, you know, her dreams and her hopes and how she's probably not going to get them, Mm -hmm. I think that then that transition to Athia would have been a lot more understandable. Like her, yeah, I think the, actually, I think the I thing that's part of it. We don't get to sit with Frey long enough. It's like immediately we get to Athia where she starts complaining about everything.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, she's a fish out of water before we've seen yeah, where the, know, water. the water she came from. <laughs> yeah,
1: I actually, yeah, I think because the game is the campaign is only about like eight hours long. I think. Mm-hmm. The, like the main story bit. And I really think that they cut a lot of stuff in phrase early part because also she's talking like she, her, her the whole game. She's like, I've got to back to New York to my cat. And I'm like, the cat who was on screen for four seconds. <laughs> Like, that's, that's your motivation for doing, like, literally, like, killing multiple people in this world and, you know, like, completely destabilizing their entire, like, fragile ecosystem is because you want to get home to your cat that we barely even saw? Like, look, don't get me wrong. I love cats. I was soft for stray. That is not enough character motivation. <laughs> and again, that's why I'm saying that New York sequence, all the hallmarks of, like, brutal, brutal edits, and it suffers for it, I think.
0: That that hey. is that is fair. Like it, it does, it does seem like a lot of shortcuts were taken. Like even in the characterization, like and maybe that was because of cuts, right? Like, the, like they want to tell you who Frey is, but they only have like thirty seconds. So it's like, hey, she's a cat person, like her. Hey, she has a sneaker collection. She's cool. Mm-hmm. Like, like just these these little shortcuts to to just tell you what kind of person she is. But then like when you just look at it as a an actual portrait is like, well, this is a very shallow thing for a person to be about cats and sneakers. Right. Yeah. So you end up kind and, of dogpiling on her.
1: Yeah. The and one more dogpiling. thing to her credit, it is not just Frey anytime f- fucking cuff talks as well. I have the same reaction of like, uh. so it's like people are saying, it's like, Oh, everyone's hating on Frey. It's like, I don't know. I, I cringe pretty hard when cuff talks too. <laughs> it's like that constant it's like somebody basically said it's like okay do your best uh sort of like Paul Bettany vision impression uh-huh. but make it so that but make it sound like you hate the protagonist with every freaking breath in your body do not hide your disdain i want your voice to drip with it and poor jonathan cake has said you know all right it's a paycheck <laughs> uh
0: frost in the chat says uh rachel I think well it says I'm with Rachel I think games assume the player immediately emph- empathizes with characters because it is technically you
1: mm. yeah that's uh, I-, I think that's understandable yeah I mean it's not outside the realm of possibility for a-, a game to have a protagonist who's not immediately likable who like gets there in the end but the problem is I think also again this is probably the result of cuts Frey takes a little too long to get there because mm-hmm. like her, her whole early character, you know, for a very large part of the game, her characterization is: I'm not here to save you. I just want to get out of here. I'm not your savior. I'm not here to help you. And uh-huh. you know, this kind of like,
0: you know, very standoffish, aloof hero's journey, right?
1: Aggressively <laughs> isolating. And yes, I understand why she's that way. It doesn't make it fun to play or watch. Mm-hmm. Fair,
0: but yeah. yeah so,
1: anyway, for spoken rant over.
0: I still want to check it out, but probably when it it this when will probably when obviously, say it'll happen, you know, hit PlayStation Plus or mm-hmm. something at some point in the future. Like the PC port will like be free on Epic or whatever in like a year or two. Mm-hmm. I'll check it out then.
1: And uh, short talk on Fire Emblem Engage because I'm mm. not uh, a huge amount into it already. Y'all didn't tell me it was Fire Emblem fanfiction.
0: That was, that was the main thing putting me off about it. It's like, it's trailers show kind of a cavalcade of old Fire Emblem characters, and mm-hmm. the main characters look like complete ciphers. Like, <laughs> like, this character does not look like they have a personality. They look like a mascot.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, look, just, I mean, I don't know if I should, like, give you any details, Casey, but, like, the main character is, like, uh, should I?
0: No, yeah, like, go right ahead. Go right ahead.
1: Uh, like, main character, Divine Dragon, who has been asleep for a long time. And I'm like, oh, so she's Tiki. That's that's Tiki from Fire Emblem Awakening. <laughs> well, and Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon as well. But what I've I got to say, like, I, this game would not exist without, you know, everyone's talking, like, comparing it to Fire Emblem Three Houses. This game wouldn't exist without Fire Emblem Heroes, which is why yeah, I love Heroes it. Because like- Three three of the game three of the um, the like emblem heroes that they mention are from games that have never been released outside of Japan and roy gets i mean roy gets a pass cuz he's in smash bros mm-hmm. but one of the first ones they introduce after marth they introduce marth first because of course they do yeah, and the next one they introduce is sigurd from genealogy of the holy war and i can't help but feel like if this like if heroes had not been made you'd just be looking at the screen like what the hell is sigurd am i supposed to know this person but because fire emblem heroes happened we all they, they can they can get away with being like look at these fabulous characters that we've created that you definitely know who they are
0: and honestly in some cases they probably don't even care that you don't know who they are because it's like all right there's enough who you might recognize but we're fine introducing these very obscure characters to you here because we're kind of riding the wave of the ones you do know and the previous game three houses which you know sold like crazy i'm I'm not opposed to the fact because what i've heard about it is that they've removed a a lot of the meat in regards to the social stuff in three houses mm-hmm. which i yeah. definitely like but it is a lot like there's a lot mm-hmm. of that stuff it slows the game <laughs> down tremendously i've still not finished it like i'm still <laughs> working my way through three houses three houses or engage uh, three houses oh okay yeah so but like and i've always loved the tactical stuff in fire emblem even though it's a It's a little more basic than some of the other turn-based tactics stuff that I've really come to love in recent years. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the fact that they're, like, refocusing back on just the tactics stuff actually sounds appealing to me. Mm -hmm. But I do love the characters. Like, I love the story and their interactions with each other. So, like, if it's kind of just, hey, remember this guy? Remember that girl type of situation? I feel like that won't appeal to me as much. So that's what I was really worried about.
1: Yeah, I will say, like, I thought, because I hadn't seen a whole lot of the marketing materials, but I thought based on what I saw that it was going to be like the, the, heroes that you get, the emblems that you get were going to be like a, a battle mechanic strictly like, you know, like Marth, go attack my enemies or something. Uh-huh. The first like couple of like the first two minutes of the game are when you're, your character waking up and Marth like your, your emblem character literally like holding your hand and just being like we've been together for a thousand years. I know you can do this. You're, you know, just like literally having like a friend session with Marth. That's what I mean when I say it's Fire Emblem fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's like that's, the, the, I, I remember watching that and being like, Marth, we don't know each other, but okay.
0: I don't know. I feel very close to Marth. Like, I don't even play that character in Smash, but he, he's <laughs> Fair. very, I, I mean, I did, he wasn't the first Fire Emblem game I ever played, which was the Sacred Stones on GBA. Mm-hmm. But outside wait, of that.
1: Marth was in Sacred Stones?
0: Yeah. Marth and, wait. Yeah. Marth and That's... Roy, right?
1: No. Sacred Stones is Ephraim and Erica.
0: Lynn is in that too.
1: Lynn is in is in Blazing Sword. For the but that was for the GBA. And it was just that that game was just called I, Fire Emblem when it was released in the US. I need
0: to, all right, you guys keep talking about I need to look this up. Because I because it was the first game I, I remember.
1: I'm sorry, I don't mean to sound like a know it all. I'm no, no, sorry. No,
0: I'm, I'm, no, it's just I have a very distinct memory of Lynn in particular in that first mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. So, if she's not in that game, I'm very curious what the hell Fire Emblem game I was playing.
1: <laughs> no, she is in a GBA Fire Emblem game, so you're probably right. But, Jesse, I'm sorry. I'm just
2: like going on a big, big old rant. So wild from an outsider perspective.
0: <laughs> so you, no. You have zero interest in any of the Fire Emblem games.
2: Uh, some interest because I've heard really cool things about like Three Houses where it's like oh here's a, a dating sim slash strategy game and it's like okay I like genre <laughs> mashups I'm into this I like characters uh, but yeah it is sort of the people were mentioning in chat sort of the Kingdom Hearts issue <laughs> and it's like listening to this yeah well, it sounds about right it's
0: less a Kingdom Hearts thing and more I think a Final Fantasy thing because most, most of the st- games don't have like continuous stories they're kind of Mm self-contained and rachel you are absolutely right it's fire emblem the blazing blade that is the one that i played
1: yeah with hector Wood, and lynn yes hector okay yes okay
0: it's hector who looks like marth
1: (laughs) yeah that's the one we gotta have a guy with blue hair in every single one of these (laughs) stories It's 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 mandatory at this point, True. but you know that's why it's very easy to get all of them confused. We got Chrom, we got Mars, yeah, we they're, got they're Om. yeah, um, and they got. I, I don't even remember which of the twins is in Fire Emblem Engage, Ephraim and, between Ephraim and Erica. But you know, it's it's like One just another blue-haired person to you know. <laughs> that's that's what's funny to me when they get all of them together is also um, they have every everyone is supposed to have a distinct color to them, but the problem is they all look the same. Like Marth, Sigurd, Ike... Uh, Lucina even to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. It's like they all look very similar to each other so it's very difficult to come up with a color to tell them apart.
0: because they they kind of fit the role of those other characters in their respective games. You put them all in Mm -hmm. one game and it's like, oh, I'm sorry, we kind of, uh, we didn't realize how much you guys were copying each other's homework.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's yeah, I almost feel bad because there's so many, like they're all the same, like you said, they're all the same character, so yeah, it's kind of hard to make a game out of just a whole bunch of protagonists hanging out together. So then they have to have like the the main character Allier's, uh side companions be the interesting ones. And like you said, they're, they're not as like detailed as they are in three houses. But I will say that also means there's less of the whole like, oh, my tragic backstory because where everybody has their is their baggage, there's a little bit less of that. There's just people who are you know just here because.
0: Yeah, I like I don't have a problem making the experience uh more snappy than 3 Houses was. But um if it's at the expense of like how fun and engaging it is despite the name, mm-hmm. uh, I think I think that's that's a problem. But like I don't know, I still kind of want to get hands on. I want I want to know what's happening. Like I'm still curious enough to want to mess around mm-hmm. in that world. So like maybe except it's the first party Nintendo game so that thing's going to be the same price forever. <laughs> so I can't even get for okay. a deep discount. True.
1: Fair enough. I only have one one more thing I wanted to say Mm -hmm. um, about what I've been this what I've been watching, but I thought you guys might find this funny. Um, My my husband again because birthday, so he has to uh, watch what I what I want to watch, and I finally got him to watch the uh, 2015 adaptation of uh, and then there were none. Okay, I don't Um, know. Well, it's a BBC adaptation of the Agatha Christie novel Agatha Christie's best novel probably okay in terms of writing quality so and the and basically like what every fr- thriller novel has been trying to emulate for the longest time have you ever seen well let me put it this way i made him watch the, he and i watched the tv show together it's well it's tv show it's a mini series and i turned to him afterward and said now you know where basically all of danganronpa comes from <laughs> danganronpa like the whole thing of, like you know murder a bunch of like murder victims gathered in one place and they are slowly picked off one by one yeah like the, agatha
0: christie came up with that she, so that hmm. does up not fall into the death game uh category what do you mean like like squid game or battle royale like yeah but
1: of- i'm well, what I'm talking about is the whole, like, that, that the story of that, like, that original story of, you know, isolating, like, a group of people together mm-hmm. who all have some, you know, secret to them in one way or another, and then slowly plinking them off one by one, murdering them in gruesome ways. That's from, yeah, that's from, and then there were none, but that's, like, been imitated so many times right. that I'm not surprised that, you know, the dang like, the whole, like, like, it being a game, like, obviously, like, Monokuma was not foretold by Agatha Christie, <laughs> but... Yeah, the the resemblances that that's definitely where the germ of the idea comes from. Okay.
0: Yeah, I, that's interesting. Uh, I'm not. I have to admit, I'm not big on Agatha Christie. i Not not a literature uh, literature buff. That's just what I'm here but, for. Although
1: I will, by the way, I will say, Casey, I did watch the the finale of *Adventure Is Nigh*. Okay. Congratulations <laughs> to you both. It was very, it was excellent and <laughs> fun you. to watch. Thank you. I did hear that Perry Mason reference. <laughs>
0: You know, that only came about because of the time I spent with you. (laughs) That's literally the only reason why that was in my brain.
1: (laughs) I I swear I heard that. I was just like, it was one of those moments of like paranoid moments of like, is Casey talking to me? Is that his voice coming through the vents?
0: Uh, Yeah, that is is the part of Rachel that lives in my brain, where that came from. (laughs)
1: I'm happy that I've had that much influence on you, but yeah, basically like anytime you've seen like that sort of like an isolated murder mystery, like Clue, the movie Clue. Yeah. um, Ironically, that story comes from Agatha Christie. Nice. From and then there were none. And I mean, if you ever like have the opportunity to watch, I mean, if you're not interested in reading the book, uh, the 2015 BBC adaptation is actually perfect. Like every other adaptation I know has to change the ending because, oh, am I – Ooh, apparently I'm really loud. but uh, Are you?
0: Oh, let me see if I can.
1: Sorry. Um, every other adaptation has to change the ending in order to like accommodate, uh, you know, being able to reveal who the killer is. Mm-hmm. But uh, this one doesn't. And it's better for it. And also it's got a lot of really good actors in it whom I, who I like and respect. Good to know.
0: I move my mic so, up as well because we're saying I'm a little quiet as well. <clears throat> okay. But it's fine because it turned Rachel down a little bit. Mike is closer to me. We should all be fine, right? Let us know if yeah, not. <laughs>
1: and, yes, please do. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I, if I was shouting a little bit. She's talking about Agatha Christie. Excited.
0: You can't put a yeah, I get on that. very excited. Very excited I
1: get so excited. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Anyway, I'm done. I'm done talking.
0: Uh, well, how about you, Jesse? Anything you've been like playing, watching, listening to? Uh, we finished up Wednesday,
2: which I did like. Mm-hmm. It is not amazing, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's like, it's very fine, Wednesday. <laughs> it, it does enough things that I like that I'm like, you know what? I official it's it's official like. But like, it's, I wish the, like there's a lot of things I wish was better. Where it's like, okay, I wish the characters were a little bit better, even though I like the characters. Mm-hmm. I I wish they would dive a little bit more into Wednesday's abusive habits, even though I dive a little bit into it. <laughs> like, I wish they would. Give us a little more on these other characters, even though they give us some. Uh, so it does make me hopeful that a season two will be even better. Like, the the mystery was enough that I was like, who is the monster? Why is this happening?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, even though I didn't really care that much. But I liked it. I thought, you know, for what it was, it was good and enjoyable. And, like, happy I spent my time with it. Which I feel like is important in, <laughs> in the art you consume.
0: Yeah, that's probably a uh, high ranking. Uh, yeah, I've seen bits. I didn't watch it, like, front to back, but I've seen bits of it. And the stuff I liked was, you know, entertaining, you know? Like, I sat there, mm. like, I wasn't, like, bored or put off by anything. Uh, it's a fun show. My son really liked it. Not entirely sure why, but he was just way into all of, uh, just all the mystery. I don't know. He, he has, like, a, a bit of a horror fixation. I think it has to do with, like, those very scary uh, YouTube channels that legit just try to oh. freak out and scare children. Like, the yeah. people who are obsessed with, like, Five Nights at Freddy's and mm-hmm. uh, the Back Rooms and, like, all, all those weird YouTube holes. I don't know. He's, yeah. he's into that, that shit. <laughs> I, I think that's a big part of it.
2: Uh-huh. And, like, as somebody who also enjoys some of those things where it's like, oh, here's the thing they're just trying to creep you out. Like, yeah, it's cool. Um, I also think it's a bit of the kind of, like, why I think people like Star Wars in the the world it's built in. Mm-hmm. Is far better than the story it's telling. Okay, and so if you're engaging in the world, you think about where all of the all the holes in the story and all the holes in the world and how these things actually connect, and you invest in the world itself, and that was your gateway in there, and thus you really like it. And if you're into horror stuff, we you know your your legally distinct Hogwarts, <laughs> uh, those kinds of things, yeah, it's got a
0: lot of that to draw you in. Okay, and that stuff is all new, right? Because uh, I don't know if you were like a big Adams Family fan before this at all. Yes, no, uh, a little bit, not not really. Like, a because <laughs> I got, yeah. I watched the old movies, uh, seen like maybe one or two of the old like black and white TV show, but. Um, I always like. I thought. Honestly, I think those movies, like those, what are they? Nineties, early two thousands movies. Yeah, the nineties. Yeah, they're they're actually like pr- very funny. Like they're very entertaining. Like you, like they're very good. Um, so that's like my base of Adam's family knowledge. Damn. This uses just that family and changes everything else. Like the whole, like mm. the whole thing is the Adam's family is this weird, creepy family in like a very mundane world. This is putting a weird, creepy family in a supernatural world. <laughs> So like every so like they they don't stick out that much when there are actual vampires and werewolves and mermaids and stuff around, right? Mm-hmm. But like the fact that, hey, we're just gonna introduce a brand new supernatural world for you to like dig into, like, I feel like that's kind of ambitious for a, a well established property. So it's good that you know that seemed to have worked. I think it did. But yeah, do you Rachel,
2: you were nodding, you you're a big Adams family fan.
1: Yeah, I love the Addams family. But my goth phase when I was a teenager was basically wearing a Morticia Addams shirt for like 6 months.
2: <laughs> nice.
1: And, and like like uh, like the like original uh Adam uh, Morticia Addams as well. So uh I will say it is a little bit strange like seeing how the characterization of Wednesday has changed because in the original TV show like she was she was like the the odd thing about her, like in in that everything every Adams family member had an odd thing. She was extremely cheerful and bubbly, like a you know, cute little girl, mm-hmm. but the things she was bubbly and cute about were gross. <laughs> like she'd run in and it's like, Papa, I caught a snake. Right. So like that was the original <laughs> Wednesday Adams characterization. And it was the performance in the movies that sort of like I am Wednesday destroyer of worlds. And it's like that's how yeah. that's where that characterization the comes Christina from. Ritchie and they're basically version the Christina Ricci version. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like, this is like just exaggeration of that. So it is strange how like Morticia and Gomez in the show are more original comics, original TV show accurate and Wednesday, not so much.
0: Well, I mean, so it, do you have a preference over them? Like, did you like the bubbly one versus? Oh the no, more? I
1: like them both. I like okay. them all. Yeah. I was just pointing out that it was, it, it, it's, it's funny how like that's, the change over the time
0: it makes sense, uh, but yeah, I will probably get more Wednesday. That thing that show was like amazingly popular I think somehow it got renewed, like it must have, like it, it was all over social media. Oh, her doing that weird uh it, ballroom dance
2: <laughs> that's that's fun dance, but yeah, they they because at the end they did say uh season two is coming, so yeah, right. it did get renewed. That's like in the credits. <laughs> uh, the last episode. Damn, they they knew what they were doing. I guess. Uh, I think right. they put it in after it got renewed, and they're like, "Well, we're Netflix, so like we could change anything." So here's new oh, wow. new ending stinger.
0: Yeah, especially since they <laughs> since they they have a habit of canceling shows after the first season. Uh-huh. All right. Well, let's let's let the folks who are liking this know that a second one is actually coming. Well, they usually,
2: from my remembering, which might be wrong, the, if if it's going to have a sequel, you usually know within, like, two weeks of when the show comes out. Is, like, did it do well enough? Mm-hmm. And then, because, like, I think we knew about that with, like, Altered Carbon and Cowboy Bebop, the fates of both of those, like, within
0: a week or two. That's true. Which is not enough time, because, <laughs> like... It- even even though I'm a I'm team binge like I will binge the shit out of a show, if I'm currently binging another show, it's gonna take me some time to get to this one. And like Netflix is like, if you're not watching it right now, mm-hmm. we're taking it out back and we're shooting it. And like, <laughs> <laughs> they, that's exactly oh, they what gotta do. chill for a little bit.
2: <laughs> yeah, they, it does kind of feel like they're holding it hostage. Like you be,
0: you better watch it right now, or else it's like oh, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you you could literally be binging another Netflix show. Like, look, I right. just want to finish uh, Ozark first. Can I?
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're watching Nailed It? Well, I guess you hate this show then.
0: <laughs> like, Netflix, come on. Uh, But does that uh, wrap things up for you, Jesse?
2: Uh, mostly.
0: So? Mostly? I mean, as, you know, I play things and do things, but we got news to talk about. Um, you know? All right. Fair enough. We do have some news to talk about. We'll jump into our first topic, which is uh, Xbox's Developer Direct. Uh, this was kind of a new format that they went with, where they focused primarily on, uh, like it's kind of a smaller scope. They focused on having the developers literally tell you what it is they're working on, and they only focused on five projects. Um, so there was uh, Moyang with Minecraft Legends. Uh, anybody in here a Minecraft fan or looking forward to Minecraft Legends, regardless of your fandom.
2: I'm a sucker for redoing a game as another game.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Like, r- the recycled asset sequels that were big in generations past of video games, like mm-hmm. Tomb Raiders and, like, uh, what was it? Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time mm-hmm. were both a lot of the same. Like, I love taking, seeing what someone does with assets and and doing something different with them. So... I actually think it looks cool. I like as an action strategy game, not really a thing I'm into. Yeah. But I like if I was going to get into a Minecraft game it would probably be that cuz it seems kind of interesting the way they're doing it. And I'm I'm a, I need a bit more structure than Minecraft offers. Like just being like here's a Lego set have fun is like
0: I'm too old for Legos. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
2: love legos but like i need some instructions i need some motivation mm-hmm. meanwhile these people are playing paintball and i immediately know how i feel about paintball so like i'm gonna go do that instead Fair. so this having a, a set thing actually seems
0: kind of neat how about you rachel fan of I mean, the minecraft. not really no
1: not really a minecraft fan but i mean I, I do like real-time strategy so i'll probably give legends a try
0: okay because I, I, it does, it's,
1: it's, I mean, I, I love the Minecraft aesthetic. Put it that way, but mm. like Jesse said, it's it's really hard at this. I mean, especially you know like playing games professionally, it's really hard to find the time to just go into Minecraft and be like, okay, now what? So, <laughs> I mean, if I have a game where I can you know I, I I know what I'm supposed to be doing, then I'll probably enjoy that more.
0: Makes sense. Uh, my my son was instantly drawn to this because of course he is. It's my It's featuring Minecraft, Minecraft stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I like Minecraft as a game. I don't necessarily enjoy playing it, even though when I've played it, I have had fun. Like, I've had fun playing it with my my kid. Um, the fact that he was into this just because it says Minecraft is like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to have to play this with him, right? <laughs> uh, but I will say that th- this showing, because I had no interest in this whatsoever, this showing did make me feel like, oh, there might be something, like, really fun in this because how easily the base building stuff seems to come about um, like, that's that's like a real sense of, of catharsis if you can, like, build a thing and then it works the way you want it to. Like, if an enemy tries to attack your base and you're like, oh, well, I set up all these defenses and uh block them out and, like, that could end up being really uh fun and interesting and it's just not a game type that I've ever really been interested in with the exception of Riftbreaker which was a, another Game Pass thing. I think it's on other uh, platforms as well, but it's on Game Pass and, like, it just condenses that whole loop of uh, resource gathering, base building, and enemy fighting into like a really neat circle that I really enjoyed and could not put down. <laughs> um, so if if this has anything in that vein, and then adds the PvP element, and it works, like this could actually be like really good because it's basically it would expose that sort of game type to all the Minecraft fans, and there's a lot of them. So like at least some f- folks are definitely gonna try this game, and if they get hooked, then like this could be like a giant hit for for Microsoft.
2: Yeah, to your point, that's the thing that got me interested, where it's like the the freeform structure of a Minecraft where you build stuff, mm-hmm. which I do like, but ultimately, like I said, just doesn't hook me, applied to, all right, you have this freeform, or theoretically, I don't know exactly how it's going to play, but you have this freeform idea, now do it to make this work. And that's what gets me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Build defenses? This is better than any normal strategy game because I'm just, like, selecting things from a menu. I have to build uh, a trapdoor moat for when people come across and then go, whoop, and they all fall into my lava pit? Awesome, like... That does sound really appealing if
0: it's in fact what it is. Yeah, if it's the thing you can do, sure. But like that's the beauty of it, right? It's like you trying to find out what you can do. Like they had the mm. and this this was something that I liked about this direct in general, where they had the developers talking about that sort of stuff. It's like, oh, we were playing our game and this guy figured out how to do this thing that no one else was thinking of. So like even the devs themselves are surprising themselves with the options in the game and them kind of talking about it And uh I mean it's a, it's very marketing y But still, you get the sense that like they're being genuine. Like this is a thing that happened, and so they're just bringing that story to the public. Mm -hmm. Um, Like that—that sounds fun. Like if if they can discover weird stuff in their game, I'm sure the community can. And then you'll get like, oh, look at this totally broken Minecraft Legends uh, build video. You know, Mm -hmm. like that's exciting. So I'm I'm happy for them. I'll probably check it out when it comes. Uh, This is dropping in April, April eighteenth. But I don't know. I I don't know. In the back of my head, I feel like this might be like a really big deal. Minecraft dungeons uh, was a little too basic, I think. Like I don't think that hit big. Like maybe they wanted it to. I know a lot of kids played it. Like my son played it. Uh, some kid I had to teach uh, in another life was <laughs> was obsessed with it. But like outside of like young kids like that, like I don't think anyone was really giving it the time of day. This feels a little different. Like this could hook like a a wider audience. Like kids and like adults alike, maybe. Also, I just want to point out,
2: the animation team on that mm. was really good. Like, the little... I don't know what those little Minecraft goblin things are, but, like... Piglins? Yeah. Those looked fantastically animated. They were very expressive. Like, they were, you know, like really energetic. Like, that was
0: absolute props to them yeah it it looks great like i like the look of this which has a tiny bit of cell shading on top of the minecraft look better Mm -hmm. than minecraft itself like this makes it all stand out and pop a, a bit more which I think given the field of view,
2: like mm-hmm. how you're looking at it is very important. Yeah. If everything was when it's sort of flat, like it is in Minecraft, but you're in a first person perspective, it's easier to kind of see where things you know, are based That's on true. that. But if you're looking at it from that sort of an angle, they definitely needed to do some changes.
0: And I think they made some good ones. I, I would not be shocked if they went back and applied this to base Minecraft. Like, in some big update. It was like, oh, look, check out the new look of Minecraft. And it's, it's this kind of cartoony, cel-shading thing. That would actually be pretty neat. Uh, okay, but we'll move on from that. The next game they showed off was Forza for Motorsport, which does not have a number, nor a subtitle, or a release date. <laughs> uh, but they did have a lot to say about... Um, you know the improvements to the last Forza Motorsport, which uh, at this point they they skipped their their biannual release for the last one, right? Yeah. So like it's it's been a while since the last Forza Motorsport. So I'm curious what they're what they're really doing to try and um, evolve this sim racing franchise. I'm not a big sim racing fan, but I do respect how uh, you know how much attention to detail they pay to the vehicles and like the tracks and all the technology that's behind it. Uh, so I don't know, like, are either of you guys fans of Forza Motorsport? Do you follow uh, sim racing at all or this franchise in particular? <laughs> Jesse's shaking his head no.
1: <laughs> Not really, what, Rachel, no. no. Um,
0: That's fair, 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 fair.
1: I appreciate that, you know, a lot of the details that they, the the detail work that they put into it, that is a good, that wouldn't necessarily mean a lot to me. Mm-hmm. But to people who are interested in this, it would, you know, it, it does make or break it for them. Though I will say I do res- resent turn 10 a little bit because I was assigned to write some- to write the story for that mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there with my like, my I'm, I'm frantically like writing a story alongside this like just like furiously typing out all the details as they come in. and I'm like, okay, I'll just type it all out. I'll clean it up later. And then they're like, oh, there's no release date. There's no point writing a story about this. There's no new information here.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was- I was like, It was, yeah, it was a little bit of a hollow, uh, like this more than any of the others kind of just had no information. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure why they felt pressured to say something about Forza Motorsport. Maybe that fan base has been like on their neck about it.
1: Maybe. I mean, and you did say that, uh, um, it's been a long time since they released the
0: last Forza Motorsport. That's true. So
1: it could be that fans are like, hello, turn 10, knock, knock. Are you still in there?
0: Right. So, I mean, maybe for for them, it's just like, a. uh. Just a life support check-in. While well, hey, we're still we're still working on it. Uh but I'm curious, like they they didn't give it a number. Like this would be forza motorsport seven. I think so. I yeah, but like if they're if they do go the route where they don't give it a number and it's just for the motorsport again, like 2024 or 2023, whenever it's supposed to come out. Do you think that they are going to give it the live service treatment? Because that has, we have seen that kind of be detrimental for a lot of other brands this year. This year in particular, like with all the layoffs and stuff, and like all the failed, like uh, Spellbreak just closed down, uh, Hyperscape not too long before that uh, closed down, like Halo Infinite itself kind of floundering as a live service experience. This is the sort of thing that I think would work as a live uh, service game, but in this atmosphere, is it something that they may be wanting to pivot away from if it was the intended direction? I don't know. It's hard oh, to say. Oh, it's
1: hard to say. Yeah. I-, I think it'd be Forza Motorsport 8. I had to Eight.
0: Google it. Damn, there's a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a, afraid of making it sound old. I don't know. Yeah. But. I yeah I actually think out of like you said out of all the genres of games out there I think uh, you know racing games I think work as a live service game mm-hmm. more than any other and even I mean I think even in, even monetization would be a little bit easier to swallow in a game like this than uh, you know in. other games out there but it's hard to say like you said they've been burned by that by people saying well they've been burned by people saying they don't like live service i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily say they've been burned by people actually uh like not buying live service games
0: because i I think those are very two different things right like people online who are yelling about the thing uh they're usually the minority like the vocal minorities, what they're called in specifics, mm-hmm. like the video game companies, they see the numbers. They, like they'll release a live service thing, and they'll be like, "Oh, there's a lot of people who like this. There's X number of people who are buying this, so they're gonna make another one down the road, as opposed to just supporting the first one." But mm-hmm. whatever, uh, it may it may very well still be viable. Like for for like a racing game, sports games in particular, I think the live service model is what they should be doing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like yeah this uh, like trying to stick it into every other thing i think that's where the problem is but that's that's a whole other conversation we won't <laughs> we'll open that can of worms uh yeah lampion chat says there's only so many racing tracks in cars if it's a live service they can't resell you the same tracks again <laughs> i mean yeah i guess
2: but like but the they could sell like- you the mirrored version of those tracks in the <laughs> new mirror mode <laughs>
0: But, I mean, that, that would be the dream, right? It's like, all right, well, you don't get the same tracks over. You get a new track added to this game that has the same mechanics that you know and love. We'll get new cars, new sponsorships. like, And then that's the stuff that you're paying for is the, that added content. And then the cosmetics is, like, all the decorations. And I don't know. I'm not a, a games maker. <laughs> Are you not? You don't make Rainbow Six Siege? Um, I make... You're the lead <laughs> I, programmer. No, I don't know who told you that. This is false. (laughs) Um, But yeah, not too much to say about uh, Forza Motorsport. Uh, It's a big seller for Microsoft, one of their tentpole uh, exclusives. Um, And it seems like they've still got a ways to go before the next one is ready. Um, But we shall move on to a brand new IP, Redfall, that they have given the May 2nd release date. Uh, this is Arcane Studios, the folks behind Dishonored, uh, behind Deathloop, to be more recent. Um, and I'm curious what you guys take away from because I've been seeing kind of mixed reactions to the gameplay, the 10 minutes of gameplay demo that they showed off during this direct. <laughs> see with the air quotes, gameplay needed to be in air quotes.
2: Mm-hmm. That demo. was demo.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: that was so
0: scripted. It might as well have been a cutscene. Sure. Yes. That is very true. Um, so, the vibe I'm getting from you guys is that you were not impressed by the showing.
1: I mean, I wasn't disappointed, per se, because Redfall has not been a game that I've been particularly like keeping an eye on or looking forward to in any way.
0: Yeah. I think I'm I in mean, because, I mean,
1: Mm-hmm. It, it's a co-op shooter anyway, which I mean, well, they did say that you can play it solo if you want to, mm-hmm. but I think it's built with the intention of being a co-op shooter. And those have never really been my game,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so well, they've never really been my kind of game. So I've no, I've not been like watching it exactly. And I do like, I mean, I again, I feel like a broken record. I like how it looks. I, I like the art design, but. I don't know. Nothing about it. Nothing about it. What I see strikes me as like, wow, that looks amazing. That looks so innovative. I have to play this game now so I can experience
0: this for myself. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel very much the same way. Um, it, it's 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 disappointing to me in the sense that Arcane is a studio that has a real skill in the immersive sim space, mm-hmm. and this seems kind of a step away from that into a more conventional shooter like it's it's team-based there are still powers like like each class of character has like a different set of powers um and it and like the demo showcased them walking kind of freely into this area and just taking on missions as they please so like some of those elements kind of exist there but i don't it it looked so bare bones and basic and the fact Mm. that the gameplay seems to be centered around gunplay more so than um Dishonored's kind of, like, superpowers and trickery. You know, like, you set up traps. You, like, teleport around. You have knives and swords or whatever in Dishonored. This seems so much more conventional and, in that case, boring to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I'll admit, I want Microsoft and their camp of studios to get a couple wins. I feel like they're due for some, like, really big marquee... Uh, releases and like they just kind of keep putting out middling after middling experience and this seems to be just very in line with that and arcane is a studio that can do much better than middling so i'm just wondering like this is the first thing that they have up their sleeve once they're under the microsoft umbrella like that's that's concerning it yeah makes, it makes you feel like it wasn't their idea almost <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, fancy that it was originally
1: uh, like a like maybe an idea that's kind of got shifted to arcane
2: perhaps, perhaps yeah like we need a a four-player single-player co-op game and you're working on something with vampires all right this is what it is now like right. take all your art assets yeah. take all your ideas apply them to this It very yeah, possibly yeah. could have been
1: wouldn't um, surprise me
2: the i agree with both of you on on everything um but also the thing that's getting me about it as a concept that I just am like, I think that uh, this is concerning or that I won't like it. If it is single player, that means you can do everything with just your one character, which means you you don't have to use the suite of different characters to like work together to complete something, Uh which means if you play it multiplayer, Everyone could just go in guns blazing and do it because that's what, how you get it done anyway. Like, you don't have to coordinate your powers. It's like, ah, uh, psychic elevator. It's like, yeah, that's neat. But it is less effective than everybody shooting a vampire in the head. <laughs> so, why? Like, what's the point in that? So that, That's what makes me think it's, it's ugh, really not going to sell it. Because, like, no. you don't need that. And like it, it, if it is multiplayer, then you kind of need to build it around that, where it's like something more like um, uh, I mean, completely different genre, but like Divinity: Original Sin Two, mm-hmm. where you have a party of four, and obstacles need to be overcome with the abilities of these people, and they, there's more than four people, so there's multiple ways to go about it. But I think like that's
0: the key you, thing there.
2: Yeah, you. One person going in doing their strategy or their couple of strategies cannot solve every problem.
0: I think that's the main thing that this gameplay thing failed to convey. Like, because what you're saying, maybe in this game, like it, like it's an open world that you explore, right? So maybe this character could use their specific power to get in one way, and another character could use their specific power to get in another way. But like, I don't know that <laughs> because mm. all they showed was this demo of a character literally using almost no powers. Right. They just walk into a house and shoot everything in the house. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a very bad showing. But the fact that that was what they decided to show makes me feel like they didn't have anything better than that to show. Mm-hmm. So, like, is the game? I mean, it's going to launch May 2nd. So, like, it must be ready to show. Or, or are we... Expecting to get another delay because, like, Microsoft has been struggling to just even get games out of the door. Like, I don't know what's going on over there. It's, it's very strange, very, very concerning.
1: Well, you might have heard they sunk a lot of money into this, uh, this, this acquisition, this little company. You may have heard of it, Activision Blizzard. <laughs> and also, they're getting some legal shit for it. So, you know, they're probably mm. really preoccupied. No, I'm just kidding. That's probably not the reason, but it's,
0: <laughs> I mean, it's definitely not it helping, is, it's just, I, w- yeah. I would assume.
1: It's yeah. It is just funny to see like Microsoft. It's like, you know, on the other on one hand, being like, yes, we are. You know, you know, we we would be such great partners for Activision Blizzard. Meanwhile, Microsoft, we have not released any games for this console since Halo Infinite came out. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Hi-Fi Rush is the first like yeah. console exclusive that they have released since Halo. In- I, I'm probably wrong about that, but I'm that it wouldn't be that big of an exaggeration. Put it that way.
0: Yeah, you might, I don't, I don't think you're wrong at all, which is surprising. And speaking of Hi-Fi Rush, um, that actually, that project kind of flies in the face of everything we were just saying, right? Because somehow this went under the radar, uh, launched the same day as this uh, Direct, and is kind of really, really good. Like, I have, have either of you gotten time with it? I know, Rachel, you played some, right? Like a I said, bit. I had
1: to do Forspoken and Fire Emblem, so it's like a little bit. But I had when I saw it, I was just like, "It's a hack and slash rhythm game. I need that." <laughs> like hack and slash, you you know, I'm a Bayonetta fan, Devil May Cry yes, fan, hack and course. slash action, my game. So I had I had to check it out. I, but I haven't played a whole lot of it. But what I've seen so far, I've liked.
0: Yeah, like I'm, I'm really, really digging it. Um, I'm, I think I'm in like the final chapter right now. Um. I'm trying to understand what what's going on at Tango GameWorks that this sort of just happened. Like they're they're a studio who have made two horror games. They have horror they have horror lineage in their... Oh, three. What's you the notice one? they
1: forgot to mention when they were doing the it's Like, oh, this is from the makers of Evil Within, Evil Within Two. You notice they forgot to mention Ghostwire
0: Tokyo. No, they meant they said not in that. In that uh, trailer thing, in,
1: in the trailer, yeah, they, but yeah, they the did devs it.
0: did mention Ghostwire Tokyo,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the, yeah, that that hasn't come to Xbox yet, right?
1: No, I don't think. No, okay, so that, yeah, that it of Windows. No, I think yeah, I think it's PS Five and, and P. Yeah, yeah, what Jesse
0: said. So like that that might be why it might not be outside Probably. of the window yet, but um, yeah, like all of those kind of very creepy vibes. This has nothing to do with horror. Has nothing to do with that. Uh, well, the first Evil Thin and Ghostwire to- Tokyo are also very different games as well. So Tango seems to be very adept at kind of moving from genre to genre. Mm-hmm. Um, good for them. Yeah, yeah. Really, really good for them because that means that they're versatile. But like, I can't imagine this was something that was commissioned by Microsoft, right? This seems like maybe uh, a, a small team's handiwork that kind of r- rose to the top after some time. Because Shinji mm-hmm. Mikami, I, can't, I don't even know the name of the guy next to him. Uh, But apparently that was a dude who was the director on Hi-Fi Rush. Mm -hmm. Um, And I get it, like, he kind of looks like the main character. (laughs) But, um, yeah, like, honestly, seeing their interaction, Shinji Mikami and I think Rachel's looking up the other dev now. But seeing them standing next to each other talking about this game, it very much seemed like Shinji Mikami didn't know about Hi-Fi Rush until very recently himself. (laughs) Like, he like, he was like he saw it and was like, "Oh, what we made this?" <laughs> so like John Johannes, know. John Johannes. Okay, yeah, he's the lead director, I believe. Uh, Shinji's had the studio, um, and so yeah, like this just popped out. It's really really good. Um, you you heard me talk about it earlier today. Like this it's already out. I'm curious, like what like because this is kind of just completely an outlier from everything else that Microsoft has been doing and been going through. How how do how do you feel like a, a release like this affects their image? Like, does it do not enough? Like, it's it's not like a big branded thing, so like I I can't imagine there's like a ton of people playing it, but like it it is only getting positive goodwill from what I can tell. My
2: guess would be I mean I have no idea, but like my guess would be because it's developed by Tango, it's only published by Bethesda, um, right. which is owned by Microsoft. So my guess would be. Uh, they're like, hey, we are we haven't put anything out since Infinite. Uh, we're going to do an announcement thing that's going to say some games are coming out and some other games that don't have release dates. We need something. And could basically go to a studio, like shop around other studios and be like, what do you have that's ready? And then be able to do a stealth release of something that they like. That, that they are there by funding only.
0: But, like, it's attached to their name because it was published by I, Bethesda. I can't – I find it very hard to believe that a company that big wouldn't have known that stuff was ready. You get what I mean? Like, they couldn't have been like, oh, we have a thing coming up. Let's see what they've been working on. Like, no, they know what everyone's working on. <laughs> but the, but the mean, fact uh-huh, – yeah. go ahead. Well,
1: I was just going to say, I, I think that, you know, probably with the press that – um microsoft got like especially because according to the director they've been working on the game since 2017 and i feel like in that time microsoft has had a decent amount of games like halo infinite probably being one of them where they have like started to release information about the game perhaps a little earlier than they should have i mean halo infinite kept getting delayed and you know original reception to the game was perhaps not wholly favorable so it wouldn't surprise me if the uh like immediate if the thought for hi-fi rush is you know here's this cute little game let's not give anyone time to like not like it let's just put out the first trailer let it overwhelm everyone's senses and be like hey you can have it today there's literally nothing for you to complain about
0: (laughs) i mean it's a good move like yeah yeah like I, i asked the question on uh Twitter if there was a uh, a stealth release that anyone could remember that was like met with kind of like meh reactions or like was just bad but the um, fact that we don't remember it might be part of the <laughs> like that's why because it was bad we don't remember it
1: I mean it wasn't bad but I do remember EA did that with Unravel 2 I think during their E3 show they're like hey you can play Unravel 2 now and I've heard a lot of people say good things about Unravel, less so about Unravel 2.
0: Yeah, I didn't like Unravel 2. Yeah. I played so I played that with the boy. It was kind of boring. I mean, super boring. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, think, I think that counts, right?
0: Uh, I, yeah, that would count. Yeah, if that was stealth dropped, it was like, hey, check this thing out. And like everyone was like, okay. And then just never wrote another thing about it. <laughs> I guess that counts. Yeah, I th- it's because it's so
2: easy to forget about. Because there wasn't the hype train leading up to it, that the bad ones just gone from your memory. It's filled with a thousand other things that show up.
0: I'm 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 really curious though, like with, like with all the money saved on marketing, like if you do re- like stealth drop a game and the game does very well, like how much more revenue is that? Because marketing is a lot, especially for like big titles. Um, like, Apex Legends was a big game, right? That was a big, big game. Hi-Fi Rush is less so. Like, that's not, like, a tentpole release. And it's also releasing onto their live service platform. So, like, very different examples. But, like, I'm I'm wondering, like, will like will that bring in, were they looking for it to bring in more goodwill or were they looking for it to bring in, like, kind of a, a, a rush of cash? Microsoft probably doesn't need a rush of cash. So my my guess yep. is they're like, hey, the fans are getting antsy, give them something that they can't complain about, like Rachel's mentioning.
1: Um, I think uh whatever they saved it because this is Bethesda that published it, uh-huh. I will say what it, I think whatever they saved in marketing for High Fry Rush is probably gonna go into Starfield.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, that's a that uh, makes no. sense. That makes sense. And, I mean I hope so. Starfield wasn't soon. at
1: this show. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> It's going to have its own direct, they say. Um, They have not provided a date. Uh, But yeah, it definitely needs one. People need to see what the hell that game is because it is way too overhyped for for... (sighs) three?
2: What's anti-hype? Is there a a name for that? (laughs) Anti-hype? Apathy? Apathy?
1: (laughs) You know, like the opposite of love isn't hate, it's indifference. So anti-hype would just be like,
0: eh. (laughs) Yeah,
2: that's, that's Starfield
0: kind of, yeah, like, I, there's just not enough of that game around, but, like... Yeah. But it's, it's like, the area around it where people don't care is significant. Like, it takes up a big space. It's just people don't know how to feel about it yet, I feel like. I mean, there's definitely people who are out there who are hyped because they just get hyped. But I feel like the majority of people kind of don't feel anything. They're waiting to see what that game is gonna be. Uh, But... What's our final one here? Uh updates to the Elder Scrolls Online. Uh they have a new expansion, Necrom, coming in June. Any big Elder Scrolls Online fans here? No. Not I mean this this game Return apparently Tomorrow
1: Morrowind looks cool.
0: <laughs> like there's a long running uh MMO, right? Mm-hmm. Um like I, I think it still has like a, a pretty big uh, fan base, pretty big player base. Um and like it gets decent reviews. Like the the folks who like it like it. So good on them that it's still an ongoing thing. Um, do Do you guys know how this works with Game Pass? Like, because it was a subscription service until Game Pass, right? Or is it is it still that outside Ooh. of it? Actually, not sure.
2: No.
1: Um. Well, I mean, Game Pass itself is a subscription true. subscription
2: true, 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 true. service. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's not free, Casey. You Look, have to pay for Game Pass. But, to get the game but you
0: don't have to pay for Elder Scrolls The games Online are not free
2: on Game Pass. The games are at the cost what of I game. What I mean Pass.
0: is is a subscription to Elder Scrolls Online included in your Game Pass subscription. That's what I'm that's what I'm getting at.
2: Uh I think so. But I'm not sure. I don't know how it wouldn't be but cuz it's I, a Bethesda I, I thing. Right.
1: Hang on, let me Google.
2: Is <laughs> yeah, the game Google? itself is still
0: Uh, you do have to buy it. Yeah, because it does have an upfront cost as well. It's not like just subscribe and it's like free to play or whatever. Right, but I don't think
2: it has a regular subscription cost. It has a plus membership subscription cost. Ah, okay.
0: That's how they're doing it. Gotcha. Because I I played a little of this with uh, Superman Jeff. Superman Jeff is a big fan of this game uh, series. Hmm. Uh, I played a little bit with him early on. And then uh, for a game night, I think we ran around in Elder Scrolls Online. We did run around. Um, and it's fine. Like it's just I, I don't want to spend a bunch of time in an MMO world that's about fantasy stuff because I, I just don't care about fantasy <laughs> stuff in that way. But um, yeah, good good on them. I really don't have that much to say about Girls Online. Um, so uh, once Rachel, Rachel's gonna be looking up that.
1: Nah. I was trying to. I couldn't find a. I couldn't find the answer within three seconds of googling, so I gave up. fine. Fair enough. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Sometimes three seconds. Oh, wow, you are dedicated. Sometimes Chad. I know. You you gotta find your own answers. We're not here yeah. to baby you. we right. We're here to empower. I mean you. I found
1: one answer, but it was like it, it was confusingly worded. Like it says the base game is available for Game Pass, but you might have to purchase the expansion pack separately. So un- until Uh-oh. I get conflicting information, that's what I'm gonna
0: go with. Uh Lampy to chat says Casey still waiting for the high queue MMO? Uh that would be a terrible idea. No. <laughs> The high volleyball game, sure, but the MMO. Yeah, but bo- a volleyball game, absolutely. An MMO is stupid. <laughs> it's a waste of time making that. Uh Slipper says Among Us was a stealth release in that it was mostly ignored until the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, that release in like <laughs> 2017.
2: Yeah. That is that, definitely
0: that is not a stealth yeah, release. Yeah, not a stealth release, but it was it was stealth in its own way. Uh yeah. <laughs> Um, so, but it
1: was not a game that was released by a major publisher without any major marketing. That's, right. Yeah. But I appreciate I appreciate the, uh, <laughs> you know, bringing our minds back to Among Us, because if our minds stray from Among Us too long, we'll probably short circuit.
0: Yeah, that, it's still trucking along, right? How, has, mm-hmm. I think. Have you tried the VR version?
1: I have not, no.
0: Are you interested? I'm afraid in it's
1: going to trigger my claustrophobia.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, is it first person? It yeah. is. Oh, that's kind of neat. Like, it does seem more interesting than the base game, which I, I, that game was fun when we played it. I am very tired of the concept now. I don't want to play it anymore. I don't mm-hmm. want to play the VR one because it is still the same concept, but the VR aspect may make it a little more interesting. So I'd be open to it. But please no more Among Us Knights, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I will say we
2: played, uh, way on the subject of things playing recently, uh, in the Discord, we played uh, First Class Trouble yesterday. hmm That game, still fun. Also, because I've never hosted the game before, there's a bunch of options that you can use to change up the game. Oh. And I really like it.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I I didn't know anything about that.
2: Yeah. Like, you know how you do the, the like, oh, you have the first area, and then you go to the main room, and then you're at the reactor? Mm -hmm. You could do more main rooms. Like you could set it up so you'll have multiple times to do that. You could set like how much oxygen level gets depleted and how much you put in, uh-huh. uh, and you could set it up so there could be anywhere between one and five personoids.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> and you could set it so the personoids don't know who each other are. And we had a game where there was one human; the rest of us were personoids. Didn't know the other ones were personoids, and we were like, we we ended up uh, that hilariously the one human set themselves on fire by accident. And so we just came rushing in to like put them out. Cause we were like, Oh, we got to look good. So people <laughs> think we're human when that was the one person that cared, <laughs> Like really it's, it's, it takes that kind con- I do. It's, it is suffering from some of the among us thing where it's like, you need more mini games. Like, please, please, you need more mini games. Um, but like it, it does more than just what among us does.
0: Right. Like Among Us has some stuff in it, but it is mostly about the yelling at each other about lying thing. And like, I'm just tired of it. (laughs) Like you can yell at at each other for stuff you actually do in -hmm. first class trouble. It was like, oh, you set me on fire.
2: (laughs) Exactly. There's more to do. So there's more to to yell at each other about. And I, I wish they would get more like for your point of like, you know, among us getting kind of old, like there's so many good social deduction games to, to pull stuff from Mm -hmm. that. They're not so like, uh, like I've Spyfall behind me. That's a great social deduction game. Like werewolf is there. It has some neat things. Um, and like there's, there's more the, the genre can do than just rip off among us. And I, I'm, I'm personally excited to see where it will go because I like the genre. Mm. You just need it to advance, not stew in the same
0: broth the whole time. Like I like I, I'd be fine never playing another social deduction game ever from this point forward. But Aww. should I have to? I wouldn't be opposed to one that throws the social deduction concept into just a very mm. conventional multiplayer game like you're in like a pvp shooter where someone on your team is actually like the enemy you know what i mean like just something dumb like real dumb like that where there's just a lot else that you should be doing but then there's this thing in the back of your mind that you have to like pay attention to like factors during that like that i think could be really fun
1: that would be interesting
0: uh it would what? be cool
1: like it's the spy in team fortress 2 Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind
0: of character yeah. uh, but we'll move on to our final topic uh, before we close things up uh, most folks are aware of the uh, charges against Justin Roiland he's currently um, uh, being charged with domestic violence and, and false imprisonment of his ex-girlfriend ex-wife, something, something of that nature I forget the details because um, I, I don't really uh, like to dig into the scandal of celebrity uh, more so focused on the art And that is what is suffering from Justin Rowland's apparent actions in this case, uh, because not only has Adult Swim separated ways with him, uh, Adult Swim, who is in charge of Rick and Morty, but also uh, Hulu, who's in charge of his other show, Solar Opposites uh, and Koala Man, uh, but also Squanch Games. The video game studio that he co-founded recently released High on Life, which (laughs) which was weirdly a good Xbox exclusive that now has this dark cloud over top of it. Uh, he's basically um, divested himself from that. Well, I don't know if he's like financially divested himself, but he's left as uh, CEO or whatever it was he was. Uh, and the studio apparently says that, you know, they'll continue to make stuff. Uh, Rick and Morty uh, cast and crew will continue to make stuff. Uh, not sure about the Hulu shows because those were definitely more just Justin Roiland projects. Uh, I know there's a crew there as well, but like I, I think he was the bigger creative mind there. Like Rick and Morty has Dan Harmon, who's one half of that team. Uh, he's had his own mm-hmm. controversies, but he's mostly uh, kind of settled some of that stuff, um, and he will continue to be like lead writer on that going forward. But Justin Roiland, who famously does both voices for Rick and Morty, is gonna be replaced at some point. That should be interesting. Uh, but I'm just curious. Uh, I don't know how big of fans of any of these works you guys are, but just in, in the concept of a a main piece of a creative puzzle being removed from it and then the rest of it having to go forward. Uh, like kind of what's your take on the survivability of these projects uh, and like your take on like this whole, Justin Rowland hasn't actually been convicted of anything yet. This is kind of just a social uh, conviction of, of his actions, social condemnation of his actions and kind of him just being separated from all aspects of his uh, career before the actual trial do you have any feelings about that sort of thing?
1: About whether about his separation from his art or about him being like removed well, like both. sort of like
0: either shunned. Or. Yeah, either or.
1: Um I will say there are certain charges against a person that even if they are not yet proven true, you don't want to be associated with. Uh-huh. And I'm not going to like name specifics here, but what Justin Roiland is charged with is pretty bad. Yes. And because, I mean, I know you said you don't want to get into the scandal, so I'm not going to go into it, but mm-hmm. like, I'll put it this way. Like, I would not, I mean, even if there's, I, I know he's innocent until proven guilty, but frankly, I would want to, pro- at that point, it's a matter of protecting the rest of my staff. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want them to feel like, They can't like they have to come in and work with this man, knowing that he could possibly have done something really horrible. Mm -hmm. And um, as as Lampy said said in the chat that uh, yeah he's not like I don't necessarily think he's going to be financially harmed by this. It's going to be a matter of like well his brain is not going to be his brain and voice are not going to be on the project anymore. And uh, I don't know. I mean I'm not really a a brick and Morty anything Justin Roiland has created fan so. Keep in mind, this is coming from a case of this is coming from somebody who is not like, oh, he's such an irreplaceable voice. We cannot extricate our, you know, that his comedic genius from the show Uh or whatever. I I'm of the impression that that particular brand of toxic nihilism that exists and that 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 is like the backbone of all of Rick and Morty. Mm -hmm. You can get that from any 30 something dude.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Even me? Wow. I have
0: such options now.
1: Oh, Jesse, I love you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I agree in that sentiment. Um, I think Justin Rowland's appeal is very specific. Like he he does one thing that a lot of people really like, and it's that nasally, uh, half confused, uh, half drunk, sometimes actually drunk voiceover. Uh, really the Morty voice, like more so than even the Rick voice. It's the Morty voice that he seems to do in several different places, and it, it works comedically for a lot of people. I don't hate it. Um, it's also not my favorite thing in the world. I am a Dan Harmon fan. Like, that's why I like Rick and Morty. I think Dan's contribution to like, how that show pieces itself together makes it far more interesting than the very clearly improv stuff that comes out here and there, which is funny. Like, I don't wanna take that away from Justin Really, Like, I think that stuff is also funny. Uh, but it's, it's also hit or miss sometimes, and for a lot of people, it's like just miss. I think Dan Harmon's writing is what actually makes Rick and Morty as good as it is. So, um, for the sake of that show continuing, I think it does have a chance because Dan Harmon is still there. If it was both of them gone, I don't think you'd have a Rick and Morty at all. Like, I don't. I don't think the re- like. Regardless, there's there's a very talented writing staff there. Like there's um, oh my God, I'm blanking on her name. She did a co- podcast with Dan uh, a little bit. Um, ago, but she's a, she's a fantastic writer. She wrote the whole Pickle Rick episode with the therapist. She even voiced the therapist in that episode. I cannot remember her name. Sorry, someone in the chat, look it up for me. Uh, she's a brilliant writer. Maybe she'd be able to limp it along, but I don't know. Uh, but that show in particular, I think will be fine. What I'm more concerned about is high, like the High on Life Studio uh, launch games, because that was kind of Justin Roiland's like baby, and the I've not played High on Life myself. But the thing anyone's really ever talking about is the comedy in that game. Like some folks really liked it. They think it was very funny. They think it was a commentary on game development, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't hear anyone talking about the actual gameplay. I don't hear folks saying like, oh, this did something really fun in the shooter space or something interesting in the shooter space. So if that's all they're left with, which is like, you know, kind of just competent shooter gameplay or whatever, because they've made other types of games, not just shooters. Um. But all of their games share the common blood of Justin Roiland is voicing something prolific, like, for a lot of it. And that's kind of the appeal, is Justin Roiland's off-brand comedy in the game. If he's gone, what are they left with?
2: Uh, I think in those projects, I I like Rick and Morty. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, from what I've seen from Justin Roiland's other projects, uh, like, he's generally the weakest link like his voice is comedic but like mm, i it, the things that it, someone can do a good voice there are other people uh-huh. that could do a, a good voice and i feel like all of these things will be able to continue on uh with the the creative staff that they have squanch games included mm-hmm. um and and do fine without him like I, I, maybe it's just I don't really like his comedic stylings. And, like, I think his voice work is good. Uh, like, Rick and Morty and other voices are are well-performed. Uh, but, like, other people can do that. And, like, other people can take... I know Dan Harmon, from what I've read about him, is, like, the main thing about Justin Roiland is someone that he can bounce ideas off of versus get ideas from. And so, you as a creative person, he will need someone like that that can just like be silly. But like, as a, a from what I've heard and read about his contribution, is like, yeah, his he's not he's not part of the heart of it. And mm-hmm. so, I think that they can they can continue on and be
0: totally fine without him. Fair, yeah. I mean, Jessica Gao. Sorry, thank you, Spaz. De- yeah, that, I will say that's the name I was looking for. Uh.
1: Okay. Yeah, I will say that um, thing about uh, like, I didn't like the humor in high on life, but that's subjective. So Mm -hmm. I can't, I'm not going to hold that against the game. I didn't think it was a particularly good shooter. And also the whole like talking guns thing. You know, I appreciate well, first of all, I appreciate that they have like a little slider that lets you turn off the guns, like talking if it annoys you fine. But then they just stare at you creepily <laughs> the, the, the whole rest of the time. If they're not talking, they're just staring at you, not blinking. Like like they're waiting for you to do something. It's very unsettling. But I will say, I don't think that... I mean, a video game is something that takes like so many people to build, especially one like this. Mm-hmm. I really doubt, I highly doubt that... Justin Roiland was, like, there, like, doing all the stuff. And I don't even think he wrote it, like, the the actual, like, moment-to-moment dialogue. It sounds like Justin Roiland-ish, mm-hmm. but that doesn't. And But I, I kind of wonder how much of that is actually him versus, like, all the talented creators and programmers and people who wanted to work on a game with Justin Roiland mm-hmm. because his brand appeals to them. So... I am I th- actually think that even with him gone they'll still be able to make good Rick and Morty styled humor games. I think we shouldn't underestimate how much everyone else in that studio has contributed to that.
0: Okay. Yep.
2: Agree.
1: It's not necessarily what I want, but I I actually I I wish them the best in in that particular project.
0: Understood. Uh yeah, I I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea. I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying that he is the heart and soul of blah blah blah. I'm posing the question, right? Because mm. perception-wise, Justin Royland, um he he was the face of that company, right? Um he he was a co-founder. Uh I believe it was his idea. Like it was originally supposed to be called Squatch Tendo cuz like that's that's his brand of humor, right? And he couldn't get he couldn't get away with calling it Squatch Tendo, so it became Squatch Games. <clears throat> so like like his his stamp is very much a part of that studio's identity. So like, you know, take it, pick him up, pick him up, take him out of it. Um, and Lampy did mention, um, uh, for a fun HR fact, you don't need to prove, oh, I'm sorry, no, not that one. Uh, leaving as CEO doesn't mean he's given up his shares in it. So he's probably still mm-hmm. a shareholder, which means um, he still have control as the board reports to the shareholders. Uh, that's true. I, I didn't hear anything about him divesting himself from the company entirely, just that he stepped down from his role. As a uh, you know, a director or leader at the actual development studio. <clears throat> so if that is indeed the case, then sure, publicly it's like oh he's no longer with the company, but privately they'll just ask him questions and or he'll give mandates as to what has to happen, and he and he won't physically be present. So uh, who knows so if the staff will actually really be free of him? But this is unsubstantiated. I heard uh, through you know, grapevines on Twitter that um, it was kind of a collective thing from the staff at Squanch Games that they sent a letter saying like they didn't feel comfortable with Justin Roiland in the company anymore. And that was part of the reason why he you know, resigned from his position. So it wasn't like he was like, oh, this looks bad. Let me get out of here for the sake of these guys. It was more so these guys don't want me here anymore. Mm-hmm. But again... I have no concrete source for that information. So take that with as much salt as you like. Um, but yeah, we're pretty much at the end of today's show. Any lingering thoughts about this situation or anything else we talked about?
1: Uh, I'll just say just because I, again, I'm being, I'm going to act spoiled. Cause I'm going to throw a spoiled tantrum because it's my birthday. But I don't want the last thing we talk about to be, ju- to be that douchebag. So <laughs> I will just say... With regards to Xbox, Mm -hmm. just because we were just talking about the Xbox show, even though like what they've shown is maybe like a little threadbare and, you know, they've openly said like, you know, we should be doing more for, I I do want to say on an optimistic note, I am feeling good about Microsoft's year. I think, um, I think it's going to be a decent year. I don't necessarily know because I mean, also I want to compare it to PlayStation. It's like, we've got God of War Ragnarok. What's next for PlayStation? So I feel like I feel like 2023 20, is like anything goes at this point. I don't know at this point I don't know what to expect from everyone. So I feel like I, I feel like there's a, uh, a a great opportunity for them to surprise to surprise and delight me this year. And I'm already surprised surprised and delighted by how much I have. So I just I just want to say I you know because you know again. It's my birthday. I'm allowed to not be cynical for a day. So I'm, feel, I'm feeling optimistic about it. Nice. Oh, yeah. Nintendo, Lampy, Nintendo goes without saying. Yeah. I've, I've got Fire Emblem. I'm, I'm good. I'm happy.
0: <laughs> uh, so Rachel's birthday present uh, is Fire Emblem.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, but yeah, that's going to wrap things on today's show. We hope you all enjoyed. Uh, Rachel, why don't you let folks know where they can find you on the internet? and what should be up to. Uh,
1: well, you can find me on uh, Twitter when you want to, if you want to follow like the stuff I'm doing moment to moment um, for the, those of you who are not on Twitter right now, the place to follow me would probably be um, just either my Facebook or my Tumblr of all things. Yes, I have a Tumblr. I'm old. Tumblr, but <laughs> Tumblr is where also I write um, my, uh, my, my personal stuff, which is I'm, I'm trying to write some more games, based stuff but right now what I'm doing is a lot of uh, Golden Girls recaps Perry Mason recaps Casey and Jesse have already heard all about these <laughs> so um, there there isn't going to be a Golden Girls uh, recap today only because I'm going to pre- uh, be preoccupied doing a birthday stream later where we're going to play some Nancy Drew Ooh,
2: nice. cool
1: so yeah I mean follow me on Twitter if you want like the updates on that but if you're not on Twitter for whatever reason totally understand uh, you can also find me on Uh, under my own name, which is up here, spelling up here, on uh, Facebook and Tumblr. Nice.
0: Rexicon Jesse, where can folks find you on the internet and what will you be up to? Uh,
2: Pretty much everything is the name Rexicon Jesse. You can find me on there on Twitch and YouTube and Twitter and also Tumblr. Uh, (laughs) um, All those places. Uh, I'll be doing some streaming on my channel tomorrow from 11 a.m. Eastern to like two i was playing dungeon siege and i'll probably continue playing that because i'm not sick of it yet but it's a weird game so we'll see how that goes um and then same for tuesday and then wednesday i have uh rpg Help us that's what it's called and then monday <laughs> and wednesday night is hidden gems with casey and Get Jesse the Greek with Casey, on The escapist.
0: Yeah, uh, and Which I, Rachel also actually for... features in very prominently because she's in yeah, the show doing <laughs> this hella information every Greek street.
1: <laughs> Listen, that was my whole childhood, so I will never have a better opportunity to like talk about this useless knowledge in my brain. So,
0: <laughs> nice. Uh, I promise we will guys... get you on a show in the future, like mm-hmm. probably like the finale, but maybe before that, depending on your availability and just how how things are looking. I feel like. Yeah, sure. We'll make it happen. <laughs> that yeah, would you be don't great. Have, yeah.
1: That's yeah. If you if you can't, I mean, I don't want to be like, you know, if like somebody mentioned that and then, then they're like, Rachel, why aren't you on the show? I'm like, I don't I don't want I don't want the guys to feel pressured to have me on if they don't actually <laughs> want me on. I'm just I, I, I'm literally just here for the fun. And you know, if any if at any point you guys want me to shut up, you just have to let me know.
0: Never. we ne- will never actually nah. <laughs> shut up. Um but no, you're for, good. As for me, uh, you can find me at Sigma Gears Nine on Twitch and Twitter. I um, uh, should have a review that dropped just yesterday, I think, for a, a very colorful, very uh, child-friendly platformer, we'll say, called Ooh. Whaley and Unexpected Guest. I didn't talk about that game because I forgot about it. So do with that information what you will. <laughs> um, outside of that, um, I should have a review dropping, a three Mar dropping for Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, I'm trying to finish that up uh today um as well as i might i might be finished with the hubris review soon too that's that's a, a VR uh game my first VR review um, it's taken me a very long time because um I don't know I, I get sick from the VR <laughs> so <laughs> it's gotten better recently but that I I was just taking breaks from that. But anyway uh join me for Super Smash Sunday 2 30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over on the open party Twitch channel. Um, Jeff should be there by then, um, you might have some extra guests as well in the host seat. So, you know, tune in. See, see, see who shows up. Uh, but outside of that, all the rest of the streams that we do throughout the week over on The Escapist uh, will be there as well. So follow that channel if you're not already. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Jesse. Thanks, everybody, in the chat. It's been great fun as usual. We will see you next week. Peace. Bye, everybody.